0: Welcome to Rainer's Radio, practical training for joint heirs with Christ, with your host, Diane Thomas. Good evening, and welcome to Rainer's Radio. This is Diane Thomas, your host. As usual, let's just relax, and just remember that God is right there. You don't need to do anything to get his attention or be anything or change anything to be loved and accepted by him. If you've been born again, if you've been re-spirited, your spirit is one with him right now. So you can let yourself experience what he's doing in your life knowing that you are fully accepted in him, unconditionally loved. He is committed to finish what he started in you. And what he started in you is not in your spirit. Your spirit's done. Your spirit's in him, completely one with him. Our problem is with our soul and to a lesser degree or to a different degree with our body. Again, your soul is your mind, will, and emotions. And you have come into this world with the soul God wants you to have. It's a gift. He gave you specifically the soul he wanted you to have. So... When we look at the different aspects of our soul, we often are critical about the way God made us. We are often wanting to change the very things that God gave us as strengths and weaknesses, thinking that our approval from God, our love from him, will, is dependent on us fixing our own soul but we are in a process we are in the process of our soul being healed those wounds being healed the lies being overwhelmed with truth that's god's job our job is learning to live as a spirit being that has a soul that lives in a body Again, you know, we're walking around in a physical body. We don't think, okay, when we die, then we'll learn how to walk. When we die and go to heaven to be with God, whatever that means to you, then I will learn to feed myself. Or then I'll learn how to get a job. Then I'll learn how to have relationships. Then I'll you know, grow up. Those are all parts of our physical being that we have accepted as a responsibility of being on this earth for our natural being. You know, we breathe, we we think, we see, we speak. Those are all things that come naturally part of our existence likewise our soul has certain interactions with the supernatural realm that so often we say it's either going to come when we die then our soul will be complete and healed and and perfected and reunited with God or that happens for special people that we we have to talk God into or that we have done something to qualify for a special anointing a special gift a special power that's in our soul again there's a difference between the spiritual and the supernatural but our soul just as much as our body naturally or normally as part of its character interacts with the natural, our soul, as part of its character, as part of its existence, is already interacting with the soulful realm, which is again part of the supernatural realm. And now as a spirit being, your soul has a power and authority and understanding, influence, creativity, all kinds of different aspects that we have yet to to perceive and understand and experience over and in and with the supernatural realm. And this is something that every Christian, every born-again Christian was created to experience. Now, some people, for whatever reason, God brings a certain awareness to an individual and sometimes a certain quickening of a certain ability within them or, you know, awareness, you know, uh, something, you know, a drawing. And he does that for his own desire, that he he has a plan and a pathway for each one of us. And that's up to him. There are people that have been, you know, born in a certain time and place, and God gives them a certain uh, level of power and authority or ability that they didn't, you know, seek or ask for or even acknowledge or be aware that it was from god and that happens again it's just up to him up to him and what's what is interesting is that is how they how they affect others that there does seem to be a reinforcement of this idea that God does have special people, that God is a respecter of persons, even though we know he's not. And this is why we do we keep our eyes on ourselves. And not try, you know, we we definitely want to learn from other people and and their experiences, but we want to be circumspect about drawing the conclusions that we have a tendency to draw again that that certain special people have interactions with the supernatural realm and only those special people should have interactions with the supernatural realm and one of the per, one of the things we've been doing for these past you know quite a few uh, lesson podcasts is look at just some questions that we might have just laying a groundwork because what we want to do is move into the supernatural realm without any known baggage you're going to this is going to be an ongoing thing because over time let's say every month every 6 months every year every hour god is going to bring things to the surface as you move through the plan he has for you, as you walk on the path, he will guide you to exactly, you know, he will, he will guide you to refreshing waters. And then he'll say, I want you to find a way down this cliff. And then he'll say, I want to encourage you in this field of tall grass. And then he'll say, I want you to jump this fence and go into the unknown. And this is part of our challenge. Each one of those, every time we take a step, we are gather, getting more experience, more, a greater understanding of his nature and, in turn, your nature. You are a spirit being so what is true of God is true of your spirit, not your soul, not your body. And this is where I think we, we all have a tendency to have a problem with feeling presumption. You know, saying, okay, my spirit is equal with God makes us like it can be cringy. And yet that's what he says. That's, that which is born of spirit is spirit. And if you've been born again, you are one with him, and you are joint heirs with Christ and co-inheritors. Everything that Jesus received from his Father, you and I have received from the Father. And if Jesus has full power and authority over everything here on this earth, which I believe he does and always has had, the same is true for our spirit which is, again, why it's important that we recognize that it's the soul that's where the work is going on. And yet, our soul is a gift from God. Your body is a gift from God. So we've been looking at some fundamentals before we start really being objective into uh, approaching some supernatural aspects. And the last homework was for you to just write out some of your personal beliefs, your personal sayings, things you say that you may or may not consider religious, you know, whatever comes to you. I have confidence that if there's anything that God wants to talk to you about, he's going to bring that to your mind and you're just going to write it down. And it's not something you have to, to search for. But what are your personal sayings? And part of this is we are all, we have all inherited a belief system. We've all inherited uh, how we approach things, how we, how we deal with stress, how we deal with change. We've, all, we've talked quite a bit about how that change is hard we don't like change and one of the reasons we you know we gravitate towards a certain church for instance or a certain belief system is it doesn't require us to change but god himself is going to require change in your soul and so the more we can be aware of what we believe about about God, about ourselves, about others, the more we can bring things onto this, you know, write them down, put them on the table. It's not that we're going to get those things resolved or get greater understanding, but by bringing them out on the light, into the light, if they are an issue that God wants to deal with you about before we move forward, it makes it something that when you get into a situation it's It's on the tip of your tongue. this is what he was talking about now I'm just going to give you some examples from my own family and from some some people that you know I've been involved in different ministries for you know decades uh, you know fifty years or so, and have you know uh, experienced quite a variety of different kinds of approaches to knowing God to um, getting needs met and just learning how different people perceive God working in their lives. And one of the things that was very common in my family was the whole idea of you can't outgive God. Now, it manifested in my brothers and sisters, and I, and myself, in different ways. But it was still the whole notion that the way, and we each interpreted it slightly different, but the whole idea was that there was a link between you giving and then God owes you. And... This particular person, she lived her life that, believing this. And I believe she probably got that from, from her uh, mother and father, that you can't out-give God. And she interpreted that as financially. So there would be times during her life where she would have extra finances, or sometimes not so extra, And in her mind, the idea was that, you know, even giving sacrificially, she would give, quote, unquote, to God, you know, whether it was to somebody, a ministry on the TV or to church, or she'd just, you know, feel God, you know, she should give, instead of paying her rent, she should give the money to the person in the checkout lane in front of her. And that 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 would somehow obligate god to taking care of her now she she lived that concept until the day she died completely destitute she believed that and never brought it out to the surface to go okay this is this working is this you know, God, this doesn't seem to be my my assumptions about what you would be doing if I did this, that you would do this, and that doesn't seem to be bearing out. And she never stopped to go, okay, how come this isn't working? Now, in the rest of the, the family, there were different applications at that same concept if we do something that is good for others or that should quote unquote please god then he in turn is obligated to honor that and give us what we want whatever that was or give us the you know if if he doesn't say anything negative about what we're doing we must be going in the right direction that's another real common one that if god doesn't say no it's okay to do it and these are these again are just examples if they apply to you great this is this is the whole this is these are just examples of what we're looking for again not to get any uh, a perfect answer or a response Unless God might just say, yes, this is, you know, you've been presumptuous about this, and this is not never my intention. This was something you inherited, and let me tell you the truth. Because God's truth sets us free. God's truth heals us and restores us. And it changes us. It literally changes us. When he speaks truth to a lie, we no longer even think about the lie. It heals us. His words, His truth brings life, brings that spirit life into our soul. Another, another saying that we, that I hear a lot is the whole concept that God will never put you in a position you can't handle. He'll never put you in a position where you're carrying so much of a burden that you can't carry it. And that's just not true. The, the verse that people use for that is about temptation. He'll never put you in a place of temptation that you can't run away from. And that's what you do with temptation is you run from it. You overcome it. You don't give in to it. But it's been twisted. That God will never put you in a position you can't handle. And I guarantee you he will. Because if you could handle every position, you wouldn't need him. You wouldn't need God if he never put you in a position where you would need him. That's pretty much why we're here. It's because we need him. And so he will will often put us in a position that we, on our own, can't handle. Likewise, there's very you know very often we each one of us has let's just say a bad habit that we have found a way to justify because god loves us you know he's going to wink and and nod and just you know not he's not going to put his finger on that and sometimes we can be very creative on why we think that and again this is very often dependent on our personal family history our church religious history our own temperament but we can be on our soul can be very creative in coming up with a way to hide behind what we think god would say about a particular situation so let's say you're you know um you're you have a bad behavior it's drinking and driving and yet you maybe you're the pastor of the church and you've never gotten caught you might think well god is so happy with the way i'm being a pastor at this church he always gets me home safely he always you know i never get stopped by the police so it's safe for me to continue to drink and drive. And we, have, we find ways to justify and, you know, often hide behind our own idea about God's truth. And part of that is we are we are really good Christians. I mean, in general, are really good at hiding who we really are from one another. You know, very often uh, we go to, our, for instance, a church service or a you know um, convention, and we're in, you know, we're singing and we're you know happy to see people, maybe people we've known before, and. And it's a great experience, and we are, you know, have a great uh, teaching, and, and, you know, they pass the plate, and then we, you know, socialize, and it's a wonderful experience. But we really don't know anyone, and we're really not known of anyone. So many people, so many Christians, don't have anyone in their lives who will speak truth to them now God doesn't need that God doesn't need someone else he's speaking truth to us very often if we're if we're not hearing his prompting or experiencing his prompting or his words he will use experience and that pastor will get pulled over his his beliefs will Odds are, not always, but odds are his his beliefs will be challenged. Just as this other, you know, God will never put you in a position you can't handle. We think, okay, if, if, I, you know, I don't know what to do in this situation. Everything's falling around me. My finances are, are terrible. My health is terrible. My relationships are terrible. You know, God is going to sweep in, you know, like a a knight on a white horse and just take care of everything. And so we contact the pastor at the church and we, you know, fast and pray and we do everything, and yet nothing changes. And so we draw conclusions based on the idea that our own doctrine that God will never put you in a position that you can't handle. You will never get that you aren't strong enough. However you want to, you know, there's, there's variations on that. But what happens is as we do that, God is, is knocking. He is saying, this is not true. Let me speak truth to you. And, and as again, when he speaks truth, the lies just disappear. Now, as that happens our behavior has to change and again this is this is the problem with our soul is our soul doesn't want to change your soul has developed you know a mirror image a crutch uh, your your soul has created this you know the this scriptural term for it is sarks it's flesh but it's armor it's protective it protects you fills the spaces that spirit was originally meant to fill. So before you became a Christian, you had no choice but to get your needs met any way you could. But you're not there anymore. Now your spirit is there and available and ready to meet your needs. If If that's not something that you understand because you're holding so tightly to these lies, God will, you know, he's persistent, he's patient, he has this all worked out. This is important to him. We think, okay, God wants us to be doing this for him, you know, being a Christian and and being the light to the world and, you know, the salt and light and changing, you know, everything that we come in contact with. And he's just like, no, I'm focusing on this one area that you won't let me speak truth to. And so he starts pushing and drawing and bringing us into a greater realization of who he is by not letting us get away with the lies. And, again, I've been... Uh, in a variety of dif- different ministry situations. And it's always surprised me, the variety of belief system, beliefs within ministers, within pastors. And I- I'd be involved in, like, you know, pastors meetings, you know, uh, citywide um, leaders. And one of the things that struck me early on was, there was a, a certain pastor that had been pastoring for 30-some years. And during one of these, these leadership meetings, he actually had a, an encounter with God. He had a salvation experience. And yet he'd been a pastor at a large growing church for 35 years. And now that he had that experience... Other His other beliefs had to change he'd been doing it he'd been doing what he thought God wanted him to do, and when he learned no, God does what he wants to do, and sometimes we get to join in sometimes he lets us participate and that's you know that's our pleasure that's You know, that's our fun, that we get to be a part of what God is doing. It's not that he's not going to do it without us doing anything, but we get to be yoked with him while he does his work. He doesn't need us. He wants us. He loves us. But his purpose is you. And we can trust him that he knows what needs to be dealt with next. You know, how often do we go, okay, these are the five things, God, that I want you to fix about me or fix about my spouse or family or boss or neighbor. And he says, no, I'm, you know, you're going to stay by that neighbor until what that neighbor does no longer bothers you. Now, I've had that specific experience. And, it, you know, it took a while, but, yeah, it doesn't bother me anymore because God changed me. And he used that and it was just a little annoyance that my neighbor does. And but he used that to reinforce to to show me that he changes me without me lifting a finger. Now, what I then do is I go, Okay, so God does his thing. What is my job? What is my participation? Is 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 noticing, seeing that God is is living and moving in me and making those changes and going okay, if if I have built these other belief systems based on it's my job to fix me, I have to go back and and obviously with the Lord's help go okay what else do I have to let go of, and that's what that starts it's the dominoes. It's the Jenga game where you pull out one and the whole thing collapses. This is where we go, this is our purpose in life. And putting these things on the table, these are the kinds of things that will prepare us and give us confidence as we start going into areas that, were, that are new to us, that might even be scary, that we might even have the belief system, you shouldn't do it. And it gives us the trust and the confidence that we're hearing from God clearly and that he loves us and that he's doing the work. We don't need to worry about us messing up his plans for us. So hopefully that will be encouraging. But I go over your homework from last week about your personal sayings, about your personal beliefs. Take some time to, to see if this kind of approach helps and we'll be moving forward, you know, a little bit uh, by a little bit and starting to really look at how to integrate uh, our own experiences, experiencing of the supernatural realm. So feel free to drop me a line at diane at We're also on Facebook. But you can go to the website, therainersclub.org. There's a contact form. Feel free to drop me a line through there as well. Otherwise, we'll be getting back together again the same time next week. Until then, thanks for tuning in. This has been Diane Thomas of Rainers Radio. Have a great night.